Hallelujah. Wonderful. No better state to be in than in a free state. No more chains, no more fetters, no more darkness, nothing holding you. No prison cell. I'm free at last. Hallelujah. Free at last. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, we love you, Lord, tonight, and we're so thankful. Lord, thank for this great message you've given us. Lord, this word has come and liberated us. Lord, you took the shackles of the world off of us. Father, the desires of sin out of our hearts, out of our lives. Lord, we are a free people. And God, we just want to rejoice in our freedom. Lord, worship you in spirit and in truth tonight, God, and just come and look into the word of God. And Lord, may we just find ourselves as, Lord, we look into the mirror of your word and see the reflection of who we are and who you are in us, Father. We just commit this time to you tonight, Lord. May you bless each and every heart that's here, those that are on the stream. Lord, may you anoint the lips to speak only that which you would uh, bring life, Lord, only that which would honor you, Father. And may you anoint the ears of the hearer tonight to be able to receive exactly what the Spirit wants to be heard tonight. So, Father, we just commit this time to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis. We're going to look, pick back up our series, and tonight we're going to do The Word Will Bring Forth After His Kind, Part 3. Uh, there's going to be some repetition here, a few things we'll go back over. But you know what? The best way to learn is to go over and over and over and over. So <clears throat> I'm not going to bore you with it all, but it's gonna, we're, gonna, we're just working on the teaching gift, all right? So tonight, we're just going to look back over this and some things we're going to get into that we kind of touched on in the last couple of services, but we'll dive a little bit deeper in some of these different parts here. But we just bring greetings from Brother Joseph. We were just there in Murfreesboro, Tennessee for their annual uh, Memorial Day Youth Banquet and their services that weekend, and we had a tremendous time. The Lord dealt with a certain individual, a certain young lady that he put on my heart before we got there, and as we just kind of kept going from service to service to service to service. You can just see God move, God move, God move, and God move. And I'll just give you a brief testimony as you're, you're standing just briefly. But she come in, she's kind of a worldly girl, uh, raised in a Christian home, but she had these long fingernails on, all painted up, things of that nature. And uh, so that was Friday night, and I spoke on missed opportunities, and the Lord just dealt with her. She came to the altar. Come again Saturday night. She had the long fingernails on, but there was no paint on them this time. And the makeup on her face got a little bit lighter, not much. Uh, And I spoke on the second night, I spoke on you have a purpose. And God just really ministered to her because she had done some things and felt like she had gone too far. And so anyway, the next morning, Sunday morning, I spoke on uh, it's not the end of the story. Well, she come in Sunday morning. She didn't have the fingernails on. Makeup was off her face. Sunday night, she got baptized, rebaptized. So if it was just for one, it's worth it all. <clears throat> so God gets the glory for that. And uh, we had a wonderful time. There's a lot of young people. There's other stories there. There's another 18-year-old boy that we just kind of, they told me I kind of walked down his life and just came right behind and, you know, some issues in the home. And Lord just kind of dealt with it. So, you know, when we go, we go as an extension of you all. So we're going to be leaving as soon as we get done tonight. We're going to be getting in the RV and heading to Flagstaff, Arizona. So I covet your prayers. We'll be speaking with Brother Samuel Browning there, Brother Dale Smith, his annual meetings there. So if you would remember us in prayer, we'd appreciate it. Continue to remember Brother Tim and Timothy as they're traveling in tonight, I believe, or maybe tomorrow. And Brother Aaron and Sister Lydia are on their way to Virginia. So God's got a great work here. So it's it's not just us that are going. You're going with us. So keep us in prayer. So we're going to look here in Genesis 1. 
And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Remember last time we spoke about that word blessed there means God stepped back and he adored his creation. He praised it. What a wonderful creation that he has gotten. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God bless you. You can have your seats. Also turn to Ephesians 1 if you would tonight. We're going to look here in Ephesians 1 and we're going to also look in Romans 9 as we start building our uh, platform for our service tonight. Let me start my timer. Brother Dale Smith told me, he said, cut it short. Get on the road and come this way. I said, hey, buddy. I heard that Brother Aaron stepped into some of our time, so we just keep digging into everybody's time. We're going, there's no more time to get. And I, dare you, I promise you I'm not going to cut into Brother Tim's time tonight, so we've got to worry about that. What we find here in Ephesians 1, Paul says, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints that which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According, now this is the word, or this scripture here is what I want us to clue in on tonight because we're gonna kind of come back to this off and on throughout this sermon tonight. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So we can take verse four and we can go back to Genesis 1, 26, and we can find, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion. And then we come back here in Ephesians 4, Paul telling us, according as he has chosen us in him. So we find also in John 1, you don't have to turn there, but in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And in verse 14, that word, that logos was made flesh. So here in When we were chosen in him, we were chosen in that thought because God knew what he was going to do in his whole entire creation. So we find here that according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Romans 9 and verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but at him that calleth. So here we find there's a key phrase here, that the purpose of God, according to election. So the purpose of God, we find that purpose again in Genesis 1.26. God's purpose was to have a creation. God's purpose was to make man in his image. God's purpose was to bring forth offspring, was to bring forth spoken word children. So we find that there. <clears throat> Let's keep going now. He says, and, and it was said unto her that the elder shall serve the younger as it is written, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Now, we're going to look here in the, <clears throat> you have to excuse me, I've come home sick from the meetings this past weekend but there's nobody else to preach. And so it falls my lot. So y'all just pray for my voice. But I'm just gonna take it slow tonight. Uh, The Lord knows what he's doing. But we find here in the exposition of seven church ages, Brother Bram says, now we know most surely that the purpose of God stands 
in election. And I'm going to dive into that word election here in just a little bit so we can kind of get a, an understanding. If I don't make it all the way through tonight with this, well, we'll have other opportunities. But it was, it was Brother Bam says, it was purposed in himself. It was God's purpose to bring forth a people like unto himself that would be a word bride. So I want you to, I mean, this is going to take it slow tonight, but I want you to key in on this. This is from the church age book, and this is where everything is summarized throughout the entire message. And we come here and we find it was, it was purposed in him, Genesis 1.26. You go back there and you find this is the reason. What was God's intention? And we're going to look at that here again. But we find... It was purposed in him. It was God's purpose to bring forth the people like unto himself. That would be a word bride. She was chosen before the foundation of the world in him. Not chosen in a denomination. Not chosen in a church building. Not chosen in your favorite preacher. Not chosen in mom and dad and whatever else. But chosen in him. So we find in him is Jesus. And so we go back to the beginning and we find where it all originated. Brother Bam says now she was foreknown and beloved. There's a lot of times you don't feel beloved, is it? You feel worthless. The devil's been in your ear kicking you and, you know, and telling you this, that, and the other. But he says... You, she was foreknown and beloved before she was ever brought forth during the ages upon the earth. She was redeemed by his blood and can never, understand this church, she can never come into condemnation. Why can she never come into condemnation? Because she was chosen in him. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what you face, especially you young people as you mature and you go through different seasons and different times of your life and the devil comes with this complex and this idea and this depression and this anxiety and this fear and this complex and all these different things. I want you to know tonight that you are chosen in him and therefore there is now no condemnation. Now, that doesn't give you a free pass to go live any ungodly life that you want. But it means if you are chosen in him, then you would make the choice to serve him, to surrender your heart to him, and to allow him to be the king of, the, of your heart. And so, therefore, you are not going to come into condemnation. Never come into condemnation. She can never be in the judgment because sin cannot be imputed unto her. Romans 4 verse 8 Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin, but indeed she shall be with him in his throne of judgment, judging the world and even angels. Notice what he says here. Her name, each of her members, was written in a section of the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. So your name was put there before the foundation of the world. So God already decreed that you're going to be. Okay, because you were chosen in him. There ain't enough devils in hell can erase that name. Let me just tell you this tonight. If you're a child of God, no matter what mistakes you make, it will not remove your name from that book. No matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you make mistakes, you're going to get back up and you're going to keep on because your name has already been put there. And though you may not feel like you fit the mold, though you, may, you make mistakes and it seems you have had good days and bad days, you're going to eventually come to life and you're going to match the word that God's already decreed for you to come to. So we find here, now listen to what Brother Brown says in things that are to be. He says, Jesus was a fullness of the Godhead manifest. And how many can agree with that? 
He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Therefore, when he came to the earth and was manifested in the flesh, you were in him. Okay, you were in him because he was the word and in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh. Therefore, you walked with him. So let's change our thinking for a little bit tonight. You know, we come in here and we think, man, we've had a bad day. We done walked through the mully grubs. We done done this. We done done that. But here we find the prophet of God said, you walk with him. You were in him. You was on the earth. You suffered with him. You died with him. You buried with him. And you are risen with him. And notice, and you're sitting right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He goes, oh, that means so much nowadays. That means so much to us to see ourselves positionally placed in Jesus Christ. So no matter what you're going through in the dark, the dark cloud that comes over you in your night seasons and Satan's coming down upon you, come back to this quote, come back to this reality that you were chosen in him. You, therefore, you walked with him when he walked the shores of Galilee, when he suffered you. Suffered when he went to hell, you went to hell, but when he rose again, you rose again. What is that telling you that Satan can't keep you down because you're predestinated to rise because he's already risen on your behalf? He says, Now we can't live by creeds, we cannot live by denominationalism. Now, how many of you come from a denomination Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, MEC, or whatever y'all used to? All y'all little initials y'all put behind y'all's churches. What is it? There it is. See, so got all, we got all these. We got all these denominations. Every, we come from it. I come from man. I church hopped all over the place until I finally landed where I needed to be. So we find here, but we cannot live, brother L, on denominationalism. We must live by the word because the bride is part of the bridegroom. All right, like any wife is part of her husband. Now, this ain't a wife just kicking and screaming and going contrary to her husband, but any wife is part of her husband. Notice, Eve come from Adam. And so this bride comes from, chosen in him. She comes from him. Therefore, she possesses the same traits, qualities, attributes that he possesses. So we find here the bride, because the bride is part of the bridegroom, like any wife is part of her husband. Therefore, we must be that word bride. What is the word bride? The manifestation of this hour. Don't be too excited about the manifestation of the hour. Mercy. Man. So what is this word bride? The manifestation of the hour. So why do we act like we act? Because it's the manifestation of the hour. Why are we so excited, Brother Mike? Because it's the manifestation of the hour. Why do we got joy in my soul? Because it's the manifestation of the hour. Why? Because why, we can sing that song, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Because why? Because it's the manifestation of the hour. Look, some people, they, people can't get excited because they don't know who they are. But we know who we are. We've been quickened by the word. And therefore, we find ourselves in the mirror of the word and recognize we are the manifestation of the hour. It's not just on a prophet. It's not just on Jesus Christ. But it's Jesus had a, he had a purpose in his mind before the foundation. And that was to have a wife. That was to have a family. That was to produce offspring. And I'm looking at the manifestation of the hour. 
That should excite you. So no matter what you're going through, how bad life gets, you're the manifestation of the hour. You are the revealed word made known in this hour. He said the bride, not a creed or a denomination, but a living oracle of God, a living attribute of God displaying to the world the attributes of God. See, not displaying your own attributes, but displaying the attributes of God in the formation of the bride that's to be expressed in the hour that we're now living. So in John 6, 37, we find that all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I shall in no wise cast out. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. All that the Father has given to me, I will no wise cast out. Somebody should just, I mean, say a little amen. Come on. And no man can come except, notice now, no man can come except the Father draw it. Oh, let's put these two together and recognize that all that the Father had given me shall come. And no man can come but what the Father draws him. So what is he doing? He ain't drawing unseen. He's drawing those that came from him. And he's drawing them back to him. I say, oh, praise God. Lord, that just gives me hope tonight to know that I am that seed and you will not cast me out. No matter how low I get, no matter what I go through on this side of eternity, God, I am seed. And because I am seed, I'm going to produce the word for this hour. I will be the manifestation of the hour. Come on, bride. Put a smile on your face, little bride. You got something to be excited about. This is not everybody's message, but it's your message. (laughs) Excuse me, John 1 verse 12. But as many as received, so here's the key. Many as received him. So you got to receive the revelation. You got to receive the word. You got to receive him. Received him, gave he the power to become the sons of God. Oh, man. Greatest revelation you'll ever get in your life is to realize you're a son. And just like Brother Tim said the other day, when he speaks of sons, he's speaking of you ladies as well. It's global as a form of humanity. So, and we find here that he has given us the power, the ability, the desire to become sons of God, to become offspring of God. Nothing that you had to do to deserve it, to earn it, to work it, to merit it. It was in God because you were chosen in him. So he gave us the power to become sons of God, even to them that believed on his name, which were born. Now notice, not of blood. So can't be mama, can't be daddy, can't be preacher, deacon, whoever else you want to put there. Nor of the will of flesh, not of your own power, your own might. Nor of the will of man, but of God. This is beautiful, church. Ephesians 1 and verse 5. Notice, again, according as he has chosen. Chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And Brother Bram says, now Jesus Christ is choosing his bride. I kind of picked up on this this weekend. I was crossing lines trying to speak to the young people. And I got into talking about a, girl, a man choosing his wife. And, you know, and <clears throat> Brother Bram says here, no, he noticed it. He says, Jesus Christ is choosing his own bride just the same as men choose their brides today. Aren't you thankful we don't have arranged marriages Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. You husbands, and y'all need to shout. Yeah. 
Come on, brother. Thank you. There ain't many options in Mississippi. We could have got really messed up, buddy. But you think about it, he's choosing his bride the same way that, that we choose our bride today. Notice he says, now the bride today doesn't simply decide she's going to take a certain man for a husband. So sister, uh, be nice. Yeah, I better be. I'm going to walk on. Yeah, man, this is so good. I have to do it. I'm not going to do it. I want to so bad. <clears> There's <throat> wisdom. You're right. Let's move on. See, the bride today doesn't simply decide she's going to take a certain man. See, it's the groom who decides and chooses a certain woman for his bride. See, notice he's looking for something that's inside of him. And I told the story, and I'll tell it over and over until the day I die. But when I first came to church here and I saw that we got, we, I mean, there were some pretty young sisters at the time. <clears throat> I'm not saying they're ugly now, but I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're pretty. I mean, they were pretty then, but I was young then. Take a drink of water. Take another drink. But I, as I came in and, you know, my focus was the word and I just wanted to hear this is where I felt like the Lord was leading me. But you gather around the young people and I would watch my wife now, which was Sister Jessica Shull at the time. And I'd watch how she catered to people and they entertained her mom and dad and her sister would entertain young people and other people at her house. And she served here and just was always busy just, you know, displaying character. And here's the thing is I didn't know that character laid in me. But I knew what I saw I, I liked. And I, I knew that that's what I was attracted to. It was a bonus that she has a very pretty face. I'm very thankful for that. But it was her character. It was her character because she has a Christ-like character. And so Jesus is not looking just for a pretty face. But he's looking for a Christ-like character. Because remember now, she's from him. Now, what if Adam would have rejected Eve? But she, he couldn't reject Eve because Eve came from him, and nor can our Adam, Christ, reject us because we come from him. So we look here, and Brother Bram tells us now in John 15, 16, because you, you can go back to the, I believe it's the Smyrna Church age, and this is where I'm pulling from. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So as much as Sister Jessica chased me, I chose her. She'll get me for that later, but that's okay. I got another 45 minutes behind the pulpit. We'll be all right. But see, you have not chosen me. And young ladies, it's not you that chooses the mate, the male. He chooses you. You simply say, I do. And that's what we simply say to him. Yes, Lord, I do. I accept you. I accept your leadership. I accept your headship. I accept you as my Lord to to rule over and to take care of me and to watch over me and protect me and guide me in my journey on this side. I do. And I believe that's where we got to find. You find so many marriages today, and I don't know how I'm here, but it's not in my notes. But you got marriages today that are all scrupled up. 
Because we've got, a, we've got a blending of roles and we've got a blending of boundaries here and God is saying he's already defined it right here and we understand that you are from the male and it's, it's not you choosing the male but it's the male choosing you and you're simply saying I'm willing to come under the leadership. I'm willing to come under subjection to this and allow this individual, this man to assume responsibility for my care. And that's what he wants us to do is to come underneath his headship and his leadership and allow him to have responsibility over our lives. All right, so we find here now, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Now, according to the word of God, the bride was chosen before the foundation of the world. This choosing of the bride was purposed in himself. So we go to Romans 9 and verse 11. Notice that the purpose of God according to election. Now, I love this part. If you, if you search the message anywhere, get this piece of it out, frame it, put it on your computer, put it on your refrigerator. But he said, you can't read it any other way. The heart purpose, the eternal purpose of God was to take a bride of his own choosing. The heart purpose. The eternal purpose of God was to take a bride Somebody that's near to him, that's a match to him. And that purpose was in, was in himself and being eternal was decreed before the foundation of the world. Now, before there was ever a speck of stardust, before God was God, God's an object of adoration and no one was there to worship him. He was there and he was only potentially God and he was only known as the eternal spirit. But right there and then, the bride, you, was already in his mind. Praise God. Come on, work with me tonight. You were right there in his mind, in his thoughts. Oh, what a glorious thing to realize no matter what you're facing, no matter the discouragements, the the lows of your life, to realize right there you was in his mind. And he says she was, she was existing in the thoughts. And what about the thoughts of God? They are eternal. So no matter what you're going through, it's only temporary. You are eternal. You're going to outlast that trial. You're going to outlast that situation. You're going to outlast that environment. You're going to outlast that that circumstance. You're going to outlast that sickness. Because why? Because you are eternal and it's only temporary. Notice a true Christian. How many is true Christian here tonight? I should have everybody's hands. Some of y'all are paraplegics. Don't have hands. All right, Mike, thank you. I got it. A true Christian will not look at such beauty queens. And coarse girls. And sex queens. He'll look for Christian character. So look what he's looking for. Young boys, this is what you're to look for in a mate, in a future. To create your home, that environment, is to not look for a pretty face. Not to look for chorus girls or sex queens. He'll look for a Christian character. So those images that you're looking at on the computer, that's not Christian character. That ain't going to be a mama. That ain't going to be a wife. That's not going to be a homemaker. That's going to be a homebreaker. 
going to wreck your heart, break your heart, and break your home, wreck your home, and leave you with kids or, you know, have kids, and all of a sudden you're nowhere to be found, and the kids are nowhere, and she's run off, and your whole life's a mess. And the kids are the ones that struggle. So we find now, he says, you can't have all those. He goes, you can't have all things. You might be, or there might be one girl that's real pretty. Thank you, Jessica. And there's another girl, maybe she's, well, you know, her, her stature looks better than this one. And <clears throat> Brother Brown does a real polite job of doing this. He didn't say she was ugly and one's pretty and one's ugly. He had a real diplomatic, political way of saying this. He says, now, maybe she's a, uh, her stature looks better than this one. And you might have to sacrifice one for the other. But if she's not the stature of a lady or of a woman, I don't care whether she's pretty or not, you better look at her character, whether she's pretty or not. So if he's telling us that this is how we should define our future mate, because this is what God is looking for. He's looking for the very same thing. Notice he speaks this through a prophet so that we can understand what God is looking for. He's looking for character. Not how big you are, how tall you are, how much you've read your Bible, how much you listen to quotes or the message and all that. All your, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this. It ain't about that. He's looking for your character. (laughs) He says, Now, it is becoming if a Christian would choose a wife that he ought to choose a genuine, born-again woman. So notice, we have a lot of young couples today. You know, they're infatuated with each other and heart goes pity-pat, pity-pat, pity-pat. How many of y'all remember that? Brother Jackson, better raise your hand. You're the only one. Brother David, I mean, Brother brother Derek, you should have raised your hand. That's right. There we go, right there. Ah, oh, perfect young couple. Ah, oh, we know. Hey, I remember how it was. Man, butterflies in my stomach. Brother Mike, you laugh. Man, that, just that glimmer of that eye and that little smile just set your heart aflame. But we find here, I say that to say this, that we have to, we have to, to think beyond just those things and realize that you're looking for somebody who's born again. I don't care how pretty they are, how intelligent they are, how nice they are. And yet we got couples who are dating and courting and their lives are a mess. They don't, they're not walking with the Lord. They just have a facade of Christianity and they're just going through it. And then you find out they, they get married or they date and then because they're not where they need to be, they make mistakes in their courtship and they're dating. And all of a sudden there's a lot of things there. And then, you know, hey, you leave somebody tainted or you get married and you have a hard start because you didn't make the the Lord the preeminence of your life much less your marriage life and so young boys notice and young girls make sure you find somebody that has a genuine born again experience look tall dark and handsome dude you ain't got the Holy Ghost bye I mean for real but daddy he's so handsome I don't care handsome handsome nothing we got to protect our women we got to protect our daughters brother L hey thankfully there ain't no been no suitors coming to my door yet because they know I'm rough and tough brother L I'll give them the what for how to and when to do it we got to protect them and so I tell my girls I tell my son 
and we should tell all of our kids, and we do, make sure you find someone. If you're going to continue a relationship and your heart becomes to get, I don't know why I'm here, but we are here tonight, and this has got nothing to do with the word bringing forth, but it's going to bring forth anyway. So we find that if your life and if you're into a relationship and your heart with God is not where it needs to be, it will never be where it needs to be with that spouse or that mate. It'll never be there. And so you got to make sure that that's right first, okay? Because otherwise you're going to have broken hearts, broken lives, broken marriages, broken homes, a lot of broken things. Not to say that God can't put the pieces back together, but why allow the shattered glass? Why, do, why would we allow that when we can just focus on him in our youth while we're young, focus on him, make him the preeminence of our life? Say, Buster, you may be tall, dark, and handsome, but you ain't, your life just ain't matching up. Nuh-uh. Let's put this on pause and wait. The best decision you'll ever make is put that thing on pause and wait and say, I want to see some maturity. I want to see. Because why? Because you're looking for character. Young ladies, you're looking for character. Somebody that can lead you. Somebody that can financially provide for you. Oh, he may be all good looking. Oh, bum's going to be on the street because he can't hold down a job. Oh, work shy or something. Want to get married? I want to get married. You got a job? Nope. But you want to get, I want to get married. You studying? Nope. You ain't studying? Nope. You got any investments? Nope. You got any properties? Nope. But you want to get married and you ain't got nothing going for you. A preacher said, he was asked that question and this young man was asking him all those questions. He said, I need you to pray. I want to get married. He said, Lord, deliver our young sisters from this work shy, no good for nothing bum. <clears throat> I say, Lord, deliver ours. I mean, hey, you ain't got to go off to college, but make something of yourself. Get something that you can make a good living, a decent living, and provide for your home. My, this is off the word tonight. I mean, not off the word, but off my notes tonight. <laughs> It's not off the word. I promise you it ain't off the word. This is good family 101 business. But I mean, just think about it. Not everybody has to have a college degree, a master's degree, a PhD, a LLD. You know, we've taken that education slant that Brother Bram talked about, education, education, education. He was referring to education as far as from a theological standpoint. He understood that you got to, you know, it's okay to go get an accounting degree and make something to make a living or get this kind of degree, or a nursing degree, or whatever kind of degree that you have <clears throat> to make a living. You know, but it's that theological degree that pulls people further away from God, and, or you know, whatever these other degrees, psychology and different things, and they pull people away from God, and they don't pull them to God. But you know, it's, it, school is not bad if you have the right mindset and motive with it. Because you're going to have to make it in life. And so that's free to whoever wants to receive that. But we find, choose a genuine born-again woman regardless of what she looks like. And young ladies, you choose a born-again young man regardless of what he looks like. I look for her, okay? How's he treat mama? How's, how's he treat daddy? Or she, he or she, them. We ain't using pronouns, are we? He and she. We ain't using them and they. So how do they treat their, their, their parents? Because that's how they're going to treat you. 
All right, how do they treat their friends? Because how are they going to treat you and your friends? So you need to be looking at these things. Okay, can they, can they get up in the morning at a decent hour? Or are they laying there till 10, 11, 12 o'clock? Because they done stayed up all night gaming or reading or Facebooking or Instagramming or Snapchatting or TikToking or whatever. <clears throat> so can they, can they make something of themselves? So you've got to be looking at these things. And so I'm looking at him, I'm like, okay, well, this young man, he's 18, 19 years old. He stays home all day long. Nah, that's a flag. You stay at home, you're 18, 19, you're not in school anymore. You eat mama's food and daddy's food, and he's putting clothes on your back and gas in your car, and, and you ain't got no job, and you ain't going to school. You sure ain't got no properties and no investments. So choose somebody that can make a life. You know, choose somebody that can make a life. Make you a home. Boys and girls, make you a home. Choose character. Because that's what God is choosing. He's choosing character. And that character is going to come forth through only through his bride. Okay? It's not going to come through a denomination. It's not going to come through the Baptist or the Methodist or any of these other churches. It's only going to come through his bride because his bride was chosen in him. So therefore, we are the only ones, or the bride is the only one, are the only ones that can produce the character of Christ, which is what he's looking for. So we find now, Brother Bram says, now God in Genesis 1, he said, let there be light, and there was light. And he said it could have been 800 or thousands of years later before light ever came. But light came. So when he said, let us make man in our image, we're still in the seventh church age, and still seeds are coming to life. Because it's a decreed season, a decreed time. And that clock just keeps on ticking, doesn't it? So every seed will come forth in its time at the right time. So don't rush it. You know, some of you are browbeating your kids. Just commit them to God. You say, well, Brother Joe, that's easy. Your kids are in church. Well, yeah, but that's a lot of work went into that. We're not promised. We're just like anybody else. Well, you you got to commit them to God. It's a lot of prayer that goes on in the Adams household. And, you know, and there's a lot of give and take and compromise and knowing when to what battles to fight. But keep that, keep that, that, uh, that home pure and, and that, that, that pure. You don't compromise on the word with bringing things into your home. You make sure your home is pure. But we find now that... Every seed is going to come forth in its time. If that son or that daughter is a seed gene of God, they will come forth. All right? And there's no reason you should think that they won't. All right, so let me put that in there. You're like, well, Brother Joe, what do you mean? If? No, I'm telling you, you believe for your kid. You believe for that child. You believe for them. Brother Tony, think about your daughter, Lauren. All these years, and now I'm hearing stories about her you know, you know, gave her heart to the Lord and it's on fire for the things of God. And yet that seed wasn't planted in the message church all its life. It was around it, got in an environment, but at the right time, at the right season, the word came across the word and the word that was in her, the seed that was in her, heard the word and it came to itself. 
And so that should encourage all of us. And we look back and we think about the seeds that were planted. Look at Moses and Jeremiah and John the Baptist. They all came in their decreed season. And so are we. Coming in our decreed season. You couldn't come in the sixth age. You came in this age. Because God needed somebody that was going to rise above all that Laodicea had to offer. And rise through all this Muck and Murray and, and or Mercury and or not Mercury Murray whatever and, and just uh, uh, transgender and homosexual movement and LBGTQ and just all this woke generation that we're in today. He's got young people that love the word and stay with the word because there's a seed on the inside that will not let you go out of it and partake of that. So notice he says now, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That means that we were right there with him in the mind and the thoughts of God before the foundation of the world. That gives an eternal quality to the elect. You can't get away from it. So in the Christ, the mystery of God revealed, he said, back in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and he was going to achieve. Genesis 1.26. He was going to have a family. He was going to bring forth seed. And he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed. Now, notice what he says here. First, there wasn't a moon star, atom molecule, or anything. He was God, but he wasn't exactly wasn't God at that time because God is an object of worship, and there wasn't nothing to worship him. But in his great mind, he, he wanted these attributes to be expressed. And in him was love. But how could he be loved that there was nobody to love him? So he created man in his image to love him. Notice now, he also says, in him was to be a father. But how could he be a father when he had no offspring to father, to call him Papa God, to love him? In him was to be a son. In him was to be a savior. How could he save if there was nobody to be lost? In him was to be a healer. How could he have the attributes of being a healer if there was nobody to get sick? If his, his offspring would not get sick and his offspring would not be lost. And therefore, these attributes that he had in him, they had to come forth. And Brother Bram says, all these great attributes that we see already expressed, they were in God. And so when God was thinking about his family, God was thinking about everything that he was going to do. You were right there. Imagine if you could just go back in the mind of God and see it play out. Wouldn't that just be an awesome thought? Just go back. You know how you can go back to black and white and those videos back in the long time ago when Charlie Chapman and it was just, you look at it and everything just kind of speeds up. But you think you're going back in history. There's some nostalgicness to it. So I'm, I'm going somewhere, Delaney, don't worry. So is there some nostalgic when you're going back and reaching into those old archives of movies? You're like, wow, that's neat. But think about it, if you can go all the way back to the mind of God and see God in his thinking, he's going to role play this and he's going to do this and he's going to do this. He wants to be a savior, he wants to be a healer. He knows he's going to have an offspring. He's going to do this. And the whole time you're there. You're right there in his thoughts. He chose you in him right there and then. When all this, before he blew the stars, solar system off his hands, you were in his thinking. And that's why you're here tonight. It's not a mistake that you're here. It's not a mistake that you're born into a family that believes the message. It's not a mistake, you know, that you forsook the things of the world. It's because you were a thought in the 
back part of God's mind. Notice now, let's go to the election, this election, and I'm not getting very far tonight, am I? I could borrow from Brother Tim, but I dare I better not. I'll just stop here shortly. Like, uh, election, let's go here. Romans 9, verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. Now, we've already solidified, and we'll go a little bit further here with that. The purpose of God was, Genesis 1, to bring forth of his kind. Uh, this word election means the act of God's free will by which before the foundation of the world, he decreed his blessings to certain persons. The act of picking out. Now, I know I use this analogy a lot, but I was a little short, fat kid. I was cute, but I was short and fat. You know, you ever seen the, the little little pug dog? All the little rolls. Don't, don't look at me like that, Philip. Don't you need, I don't need you looking at me like that, thinking I'm all cute. So you got all these little rolls. That was me. I was a little fat, cute kid, right? But I remember lining up dodgeball. I'm going somewhere. Dodgeball, I was the last one picked because I was short, because I was fat. Short, fat people ain't quick. It's kind of like a counting method. Last one, first out. That's the LIFO method, okay, just for y'all counting nerds. So I'm the last one to get picked. I'm the first one to get out because that dodgeball's coming, and you know what? A little short, fat joke, just don't move quick enough. But, you know, thankfully, God don't choose us based on our abilities. God doesn't choose us based on our skill set. He doesn't choose us based on the lack of our skills. He doesn't choose us based on how fit or unfit we are, how intelligent or unintelligent we are, how socially awkward. Because some of us are socially awkward or unawkward. We are. God doesn't choose us based on those things. He doesn't look at man the way we look at man. See, God chooses us based on election. Not man's election, not mama's election, preacher's daddy's election, but God's election. So we find that this election was done before the foundation of the world. Not when you gave your heart to the Lord. It was already predetermined. You was already chosen in God. But before the foundation of the world. Now notice now, God deposited in your heart when you were chosen in God, God deposited right there a desire in your heart to serve him and he put his decreed blessings on your life. So I say that to say this, when you tried to run, when you tried to run, you could only run so far because election said that's enough. Come on, somebody. I know this may not be just a fiery message tonight, but think about your election. When you tried to run, Brother Philip, you could only run so far, but all of a sudden, election allowed you to see a water tower that broke that amnesia off your life, and you came to yourself, and now look at you. See, election says, you're mine. Election says, goodness and mercy is on your trail no matter how far you go. When you tried to quit, when you tried to walk away, election kept you. Election wouldn't let you walk away. Because you don't belong to yourself You belong to God 
Notice, when your sin covered your life and it appeared that you, wouldn't, that you were never going to be able to serve God, you would never stop your drinking and, and stop your smoking and stop all those ungodly things and committed all those ungodly acts, election said that you will not continue another day doing those things. Do you understand what I'm telling you? It's not you quit those things. Election came to you and you recognize I am a seed and therefore those things started falling off of your life and you couldn't do them anymore because election said it's over. I say praise God because I'm a witness. I understand when I gave my heart to the Lord, the very next morning my language changed. Election said you're not going to talk like that anymore. You're not going to walk like that anymore. You're not going to act like that anymore. You're not going to drink like that anymore. You're not going to go to parties like that anymore. It was not my election. It was God's choosing. I wasn't in the message yet, but yet the message was already in me. Because why? Because I was chosen in God. And so are you through election. I say, oh, praise God tonight. And because we are the elected seeds of God's sons and daughters, we have a purpose to fulfill. And it ain't to fulfill your own worldly desires, but it is to fulfill. Let us make man in our image and let them come forth. Let them be fruitful. Let them replenish. Let them multiply. So notice. His election is based on his foreknowledge of you. So last time I spoke, I think I, I spoke, and I, we were talking about election and foreknowledge and predestination, but I want you to think, because you were in the mind of God, and we're all free moral agents. How many of you are free moral agents? So you have a right to choose, right? But if you were already chosen in him, guess what you're going to choose? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to get you excited. If you was already chosen in him, you can't help but to choose to serve God because he's already decreed through election that you will serve him. Therefore, it's not your choice that predestinates you. It's his choosing in Ephesians 1.4 because he decreed that I'm going to have a Genesis 1.26. And because of that, you are already coming forth and he's already predetermined your future. Oh, my, my, my. Hey, hey, I'll just have, be happy myself. Man, think about it. No matter what I'm facing on this side of eternity, God's already decreed. God already knows. No matter if I get sick, no matter if I'm at the brink of death, no matter if the thoughts are coming in my mind, God's already decreed me. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. There ain't enough demons in hell. There ain't enough things on this earth that can break that power because why God has already put his word on it. Oh, church, I can't help. You can't help. Why? I say, why tonight did you choose to serve God? Because God chose you. Notice here in Romans 8, and we'll start bringing this down here shortly. <laughs> I get into this and I start having fun, but I dread it before I get it because I'm, I'm not really a teacher, but I'm just enjoying myself so much. Notice Romans 8, 28. And we know, how many knows this, that all things work together to the good of them that love God. Why is that? Think about why does all things work together to the good of them that love the Lord? Because you were chosen in him. So he's going to make everything work towards your good. You mean this heartache? Yep. The worst pain I ever felt in my life, God used it for my good. The worst pain I ever went through at the brink of suicide, the worst thing I ever faced in life, he used it to get me where I'm at today. 
He used it to get you where you are today. Because you wasn't the person you were today. You wasn't that person five, six years ago. So God knows exactly what to allow his seed to go through to break that shell off so that life can come out. So all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called. And that word called there means divinely selected and appointed. Hallelujah. Divinely selected and appointed according to his purpose, not your purpose, but it's his purpose. There we again, we're going back to Genesis 1. What is that purpose? To be a son and daughter of God. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So let's look at the last state of this individual. This word glorified. So we find those that he divinely selected and appointed. So where was that at? That was at, that was in the back part of his mind. Before you was a thought in a glimmer or a wink in mom and daddy's eye. Way long before that. Before there was a, any kind of earth, any kind of solar system. Way back there, divinely selected. What did he do? He justified you. He called you. He justified you. Therefore, he pronounced you just and righteous. No sin on my bride. No marks on my bride. Nothing's going to mar my bride. She's perfect within and without. But notice, in those that he justified, he also glorified. And that word glorify means to praise. Now God is coming back here in Ephesians. We saw God in Genesis 1 when he blessed his creation. He stepped back and he adored what he created. Then we come in here and we find in Romans, not Ephesians, but Romans here, Romans 8 and verse 30, that he's also, he's also glorified. It means he's stepping back and he's magnifying her and he's celebrating her and he's giving honor to her and he's, he makes her glorious and he clothes her with splendor and he renders it excellent to render illustrious. Think about it. Those that he predestinated. Those that he divinely selected. Those that he made righteous or made just. Those he's stepping back and he's like, now, this is my bride. Glorious within and without. Arrayed, not in her splendor, but in his splendor. Because it's his character that's flowing out through her. So we find we have nothing to fear. Church, we don't have anything to fear, nothing to worry about because we have been divinely appointed, divinely selected. And we've been made righteous, not by our own will, but by the will of God. And so we find here in, in John 15 and verse 16, and let me get to a place where I can, yeah, we'll get to right there and then we'll stop for tonight. So we find here, John 15 and 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And when you go to bed tonight, just think, man, I'm chosen of God. You know, a lot of times we get it mixed up because I used to think, man, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. I made my choice. You know, that's that Baptist term. I, I made my choice. Yeah, what choice did you make? Serve the Lord? No, no man seeketh after God. No, not one. But we find here, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Now, this choosing means to pick out of all the people that he could have chose 
He chose you. You're chosen of God. You're elected of God. You're called to God. You're anointed of God. Even when you make mistakes and you miserably fail, you're chosen. Even when you don't feel like you're loved, you're chosen. Notice, even when it doesn't appear that he's nowhere around and your prayer life just doesn't flourish and it doesn't seem to get through past the roof, you're still chosen. See, when you don't see God, feel God, hear God, you're still chosen. Those are just circumstances. It doesn't hinder God. You're still chosen. When he seems distant and far, you're, you're still chosen. Even in your ups and your downs. In those night seasons, lonely moments, it feels like you don't have a friend in the world, you're still chosen. If you don't get anything out of this message tonight, I want you to get your chosen. And we ain't talking about the TV series. We're talking about eternally chosen in him before the foundation of the world. You think about all this. And Brother Bam goes, he says, God saw your character. God saw your nature. God saw all your ups and downs. God saw everything. Notice he said, he loved you. He loved you before there was a world. He knowed your nature, Brother Al. He knows your weaknesses. Young boys, he knows your weaknesses. See, he knows your habits. See, he knows all about you, what he was going to be and what he was going to do. And he looked all over this great universe and he says, I choose you. My. Why? Because you were already chosen in him. Musicians, come back. See, nothing that we had to do to earn his choosing. We were already in the eternal thoughts of God. And what did he do? He slipped on your finger the wedding band of predestinated, unmerited grace. And you said, I do. And when you accepted you received him, gave he the power to become sons of God. You always was a son, and we'll get into that next time, Lord willing. If I had another hour, we'd go into it, but I got a long road trip, and you guys have been preached to for a long time last weekend and the weekend before, so we're going we're gonna to go easy. But I want you to understand tonight, you're chosen in him. And you can't be unchosen. God don't choose you one minute, to unchoose you the next. How many of you ever played that little flower petal game? She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me. Not. I used to do that. A little fat boy had to do something to try to find a girlfriend. She loves me. That girl don't love me. She ain't looked at me much less love me. She looked at me. She looked at me not. That's more more like it. She hate me. She hate me not. But God doesn't do that with us. God chose you, and He will not unchoose you. You are elected, predetermined to be there, predestinated. God knew you, and everything that he has done has been for us. Because what is the bride? The manifestation of this hour. The manifestation. You 
little bride, are the manifestation of this hour. You are the manifestation of 1,100 plus sermons. You are the manifestation. Not Jeffersonville, not VGR, Voice of God Recordings, but you are the manifestation. God's coming for a bride, a thought that he has. And those thoughts, they're glorious. They're eternal. So no matter what you're going through today, just if you would, just play something. Brother Mike, I'm going to let you have it here in just a second. So he chose you and he ordained you. And that word ordained means he established your setting. He established you. He established your life to bring forth fruit. Young people, he allowed you to be birthed into the family that would believe this message. Some of you, maybe you didn't have that opportunity to be birthed in it, but yet it come across your path. Brother James, myself, different ones here, Brother Johnny, Brother EJ. Why? You weren't born into the, the message, but there was a seed that was planted. The message was always in you. So I went 20-something years. Some of you went longer. Some of you didn't go so long. But all of a sudden, the word, the word came across the word, the seed. But yet God ordained it the entire time because we were chosen in him. Notice, he placed you in a position. You are special to occupy that seat. I promise you, Elvis Presley will give his fleet of Cadillacs back to sit right there tonight. Marilyn Monroe will give away all her fame, all her makeup, all her popularity, all her money to be able to hear a message like this tonight. She would give everything to know I'm chosen in him. And it ain't temporal, it's eternal. And you are chosen in him. And this word will continue to bring forth of his kind. Brother Mike. God bless you, saints.
We'll see it again for us.